Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Pardon the Board Games. I'm your host, Robert Snow, and I hope that you've been having a great day. Today, I got to play some awesome games. I got to play Go Nuts for Donuts from Daily Magic Games and Game Right. I got to play Pretending to Grown Up by Jason Anarchy, and I also got to play some King of Tokyo from Yellow with two of my employees, Maggie and Hannah. They're sisters, they grew up playing games, but I don't think they've really been introduced to the new world of games. So I really had a great time in 40 minutes today, 45 minutes, we got to play all three of those games. They're quick games, they're fun games, um, and I highly recommend any of them if you're playing with new gamers. That's Go Nuts for Donuts, Pretending to Grown Up, and of course, King of Tokyo, kind of one of the standees uh, that I've always kind of relied on is, hey, this is a great game to teach new people. Uh, tonight, you'll get to meet a lot of new people. I'll be interviewing my friends this evening, getting to know them, their board gaming habits and what they enjoy. And then uh, we'll be doing some of the interviews tonight, some of them tomorrow. But hopefully it's exciting for you to get to know some of the people that have really influenced my life with board games. And uh, then later this weekend, so the episode, the episode will go probably Friday night, early evening, late evening, depending on where you are. Um, and then Saturday and Sunday, I've got some gaming plans. Uh, I'm hoping to play Champions of Midgard. Still haven't gotten the expansions to the table. I want to play League of Ancient Defenders, the board game. Uh, and then, uh, you know, if I could get DC deck building game, some of the like further out expansions of that to the table, and then maybe some small worlds, some of the games that I don't get to play all the time. You know, now that my wife and kids are gone for this weekend, this is a good chance for me to maybe like get some of the deeper, heavier games to the table because I don't have to worry about like, oh, I hope my kid doesn't come and like mess up the game or something. Um, although I love my daughter and if she messes up the game, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping to get a lot of kind of the heavier, weightier, longer games to the table this weekend. And uh, we'll probably put some banter of that up on the station. Remember, our banter uh, and any of our kind of random thoughts about board games, they don't get cut into episodes. So if you only listen to the episodes, I highly recommend go check out our Anchor FM station. Uh, it's anchor.fm slash pardon the board games. Uh, it's a lot of fun to just kind of listen to that through, throughout the day and throughout the evenings while we're playing games, making jokes, and just talking about board games that we're interested in. And by this time, in two weeks from today... I will have been through a full day of Gen Con. By the time this episode goes up, it'll be two weeks from then. I will have been through two full days of Gen Con. We'll have a ton of information coming at you then. Hope you guys are having a great night, and let's get on with the show. Hey. Hey, how's it going, man? Doing good. I didn't realize this was you until I looked back through the group. I was like, oh, that explains the Florida number. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Anchor, like, does this weird thing where it calls from, like, wherever their, like, hub is, I guess. So that's why it doesn't look like me. But, hey, how's it going? What What's your name? Uh, <laughs> my name's Patrick. Patrick. Uh, and uh, where did we meet, Patrick? <laughs> oh, gee, I'm not sure. Uh, we met in college. Yeah. So we met in college, um, and... We've been friends now for what, like ten years, ten uh, or eleven? Almost, yeah, almost twelve. Yeah, so kind of a long time. Um, and so uh, we're here. We're talking about like board games and stuff. Uh, like, just like let people know, like, what's your what's your favorite board game? 
That is a really hard question. So my favorite genre of board games is uh, deck building. Uh, I really like Legendary, um, the Marvel deck building one. I also started liking Evolution. That one is a lot oh, of fun yeah. as well. Yeah, so um, what's what's Evolution about? Because I've seen that in stores and stuff, but I haven't actually played it before. Oh, so it's kind of like deck building light, except uh, you're not really, it's more of like a hand building than deck building. Uh, and it's basically competing to be the strongest animal out of however many people you're playing with. Um, so you can build up your, you can build up to have a bunch of little dudes and uh, that usually is one of the best options or you can be a carnivore and go after your friends. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Um, and like, you know, we grew up, we were in college and stuff playing like lots of board games on our floor and playing really even more than that, like Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop games and stuff. But like, who would you say that you play board games with the most now, like as an adult? Uh, now it really depends. Usually I don't play them that much, um, outside of like family get togethers and, uh, friend get togethers. Uh, you, do you remember Andrew and Ian? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I play some with them as well since they're kind of the closest people. Cool. Um, now you went to origins this year, right? Yes. So was this the first time that you had been to Origins, or had you been there before? It was my first, not only my first board gaming convention, but my first convention ever. So did you like that? Was that fun? Oh, it was a ton of fun. I can definitely see how people can spend a ton of money there. Uh, thankfully, I was a little bit strict with myself about my budget. That's actually where I picked up Evolution as well. I like the uh, the hands-on approach that they do there that um, at board game conventions because the way that I uh, even got interested in Evolution was that one of the guys from uh, North Star Games, he, uh, he just kind of flagged me down while I was walking through the vendor hall and, and was like, hey, you want to play a game? I was like, uh, sure. And so he walked me through a game and grabbed another person. We played around, and it hooked me. That's super cool. Um, so, Pat, what do you, like, when you're not, like, playing board games and doing nerdy things, what do you do for a living? I'm a teacher. I teach elementary school. Cool. That's, so, that's super cool. graders this year. Do, uh, do you ever take any games in a class, like, to play games with your first graders? Uh. I play some with them. There are some board games that lend themselves really well to learning as being learning tools instead of just pure recreation. Um, if, they, if I had kids who were in the older, like, fifth grade middle school, I'd bring in timeline cards because I would help them with memorizing dates. Uh, but with the age group that I work with now, it's more about, like, remembering basic uh Basic things like math, basic math, um, colors, things like that. So, uh, Candyland, things like that. And uh, also just other games that just foster uh, cooperation 
or if it is uh, competitive, like remembering that you have to follow the rules, things like that, because you have to remember there are five, six. Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Pat, thanks so much for uh, letting us uh, call in and kind of inter- interrupt your evening a little bit. And I'm super excited for having you on the show in the future again. Uh, anything that you wanted to share with anybody, like a Twitter account or something like that, where people could like get in touch with you if they wanted to learn more about your exciting life as a teacher and board game enthusiast and everything else that you do? <laughs> I don't have a, a personal uh, Twitter or anything <laughs> like that. I'm kind of a recluse when it comes to social media. (laughs) That's all right. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much, Pat. I hope you have a good night, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. Cool. See you later, man. All right. Bye. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Hey, there you are. Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. How's it going for you, sir? It's going really well. Hey, um, and so go ahead really quickly and tell everybody who you are. My name is Evan Barton, and I live in Maryland, and I work at a place called Hamilton Relay as a communications assistant, which is just kind of a fancy way to say I help deaf people talk in a call center. Hey, so this is perfect for you, talking on the phone. Like, you're a natural. You literally do it all day, every day. Perfect. Well, thanks for taking a little bit more time to talk to us about games tonight. Um, My pleasure. So, so Evan, you and I met, uh, what, probably 10 10 or 11 years ago in college, um, and you were DMing a a game of Dungeons & Dragons 3.5 for, I think, like 12 people. uh, That sounds about right. Way too many people, I think, is is the best way to describe that number. Yes. (laughs) It was like everybody at college wanted to try Dungeons & Dragons, and you decided that you would just let all of us make a character for your game. I I was exactly inexperienced enough to think that was a great idea. (laughs) And didn't somebody somebody get killed, like, the very first night, like, by another player character? I think the first night was some one player killed another player, and then the next night, like five like party members decided to venture off and sleep in the jungle for some reason, and they were all killed by lions. So that reduced the party was, in half right there. I was definitely one of those characters, so I made it through two of your game sessions before my first character died. Um, and that would not be the last of my characters to die in a Evan Barton D and D campaign. No, no. <laughs> Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you uh, some questions this evening. What what got you into like tabletop games, uh, whether it was RPGs or board games? Like, what kind of got you into the hobby? Oh well, going back, my first real experience with tabletop gaming would be uh, a game called Hero Quest, published around like I think it came out in 1989, and that's by Stephen Baker and Milton Bradley. And the way I would describe HeroQuest would be it's a miniatures, like little uh, RPG board game, kind of D&D light, where there's like different characters. There's like the barbarian and the dwarf and the elf and the wizard. And like you're going through a dungeon, and then you have each one of those uh, different, like the dwarf and the elf are all played by uh, people, and then you have someone playing Zargon, the wizard. And Zargon is playing, you know, he's the dungeon master, basically. He's controlling all the monsters. And I was about seven or so, 
when my aunt and uncle, like, had just got this game, and they were like, hey, do you want to try it? And I remember being, like, way younger than the uh, age on the box said, but decided, you know, I, I, I saw, you know, fantasy stuff and thought, hey, that looks like fun. And so we played it, and I played the wizard, and I died almost immediately. But uh, uh, we kept playing, like, probably two or three years, and eventually, you know, I got better at it, and I started playing as Zargon and, you know, started making the scenarios, and uh, that got me super into both role-playing games and into, role and into like, board games. So that would be, like, my first major experience. Super cool. I think that we had some kind of, like, reformatted, like, Heroscape or something like that uh, thing later on that we played in college. But I don't know where that ended up. I don't know whose that was, but that's super cool that you got to play that, like, original Hero Quest. Um, okay, so a, a couple of other questions. Like, I was going to ask people how many board games they had, but I feel like the more impressive number for you would be if I asked you how many rpg books you have like how many physical books do you have that are related to an rpg in some way that's a good question and i think the best way to answer that question is to say that so getting ready for this interview i decided i'm gonna get out all my rpg books you know just kind of lay them about my room and so that meant going into you know my quote-unquote game room um which is basically just several bookcases around the table and started getting them out and i started placing them around my room I realized very quickly that I had no longer had a place to sit or sleep because I had just covered my bed and my desk and my chair in different RPG books. Um, uh, between, if you counting all the different editions of D&D that I have and, like, all the D&D offshoots like uh, Ravenloft and Dark Sun and Birthright, and I got 50-plus books, I've got easily, like, two dozen Pathfinder books, if you include, like, the smaller, like, little supplements. Uh, and then I've got probably another dozen at least different RPGs. So um, probably looking at excess of 70 different RPG books. Whoa. That's a lot of RPG books. I think you have more is, RPG is, books than I have board games. I have a problem. Like, um, I, I, in my defense, I'll say that a lot of them are from older editions that I uh, like scoped out on eBay or Amazon. Said, oh, you know, that's been out of print for a while, and that's four dollars. And so, you know, I bought it and got you know an RPG or something that I will never play. But it's kind of cool to say, you know, I've got you know a copy of the original box set for the City of Greyhawk. So I've got some stuff like that. Uh, an embarrassingly large number of them were purchased brand new at full price. So I've got probably um, an amount of money that I don't want to think about, let alone say aloud, invested in them. <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's a lot of us who it's just better to say I have a lot. I, yeah, not, not gonna not gonna tally up how much uh, financially we've invested into our gaming habits. Um, right. Cause, well, well, I, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, you can go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, kind of like moving on. Uh, what would you say is your favorite either board game or RPG uh, of the ones that you have in your personal collection? See, that, that's that's going to be a toughie because my favorite in anything is liable. It's going to change based on my mood and what I'm into at the moment and what I've been reading and kind of where my head is at. And I'll maybe I'll go like board games first. And I've got like kind of discounting like games like Pictionary 
and stuff like that. Uh, I've got eight board games that are kind of really mine and aren't just kind of part of, like, family board games or ones that I have with, like, my brother or someone else. Um, so, and of those, I would say that my favorite would be Fury of Dracula. And that is oh, the yeah. third edition of that, and that's by Frank Brooks, and that is through Fantasy Flight Games. That's that's a great game. Um, so... Which do you prefer? Do you prefer playing Dracula or one of the investigators that's hunting him down? I've done both, and uh, gun to my head, I would probably say I prefer being Dracula just because coming from having played far, far too many role-playing games as a DM, I just kind of like the experience of kind of watching people kind of, you know, having to deal with like your little movements and playing via heel, as it were. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I've got a RPG that's coming out that I'm pretty excited for from Paizo. Uh, Starfinder comes out August 17th at Gen Con, um, but I pre-ordered mine to ship it to my house, and I'm going to get the PDF because I do most of my stuff online or on my phone anyways. Uh, but I'm excited to play Starfinder, and uh, I think you're planning to be in the game that I'm going to run online, right? Definitely, yes, sir. Cool. So that'll be super fun to do that. Um, and then, uh, kind of last question here, who would you say that you are normally, who's your like weekly or your traditional, like regular game group right now? Um, is it people from work or is it people from school or, or where are those people that you're playing with on a regular basis these days? Uh, currently we are, my gaming group consists of, uh, several of my friends from work. Um, the kind of the relay is kind of an environment where, uh, when we're not terribly busy in my department, we have a lot of time between calls, which gives you a lot of time to either read or talk to people, and so you can kind of connect with people and find out their habits. And so there's a group of us, and we are currently playing uh, D&D, the Curse of Strahd campaign. And we play that, theoretically, we play bi-weekly, but, like, in practice, it's probably closer to monthly, so... <laughs> All right. Well, I definitely know how hard it is to get people around the table. So, hey, this has been really fun to get to know you a little bit more, Evan. Uh, you are definitely our RPG expert in the group here. Um, and so as different RPGs come come out or as you uh, spend uh, just a small amount more money on books as they come out, we'll definitely go to you for uh, if they're good or if you're excited about them uh, coming out in the future. Okay. Sounds good, and glad you could have me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Have a great night. Thanks. You too, sir. Hello. Hey, how's it going, friend? Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty beautiful night out here, so um, the clouds are starting to roll back, and uh, it's not as rainy as it was last night, so it's pretty great. Dude, that's good. Yeah, it rained all day here. Um, yeah. Hey, why don't you tell people who you are really fast? Yeah, my name is Kevin Lean. Uh, I am a recreation professional, uh, so I work in the camping and tourism industry, uh, and uh, I like to play board games. For sure. And we met at we met at camp what like ten months ago, almost a year yeah. ago now. Yeah, uh, about a about a year ago um, now, uh, ten eleven months in there, and so. Um, yeah, we got the opportunity to work together a little bit, and so it's been pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's been great. 
Um, so tell me a little bit about how you first got into board games um, or just playing games on the tabletop. Like, what was, what was kind of your first experience of getting into board gaming? Growing up, I kind of always enjoyed playing board games. Uh, I remember um, that was my thing. Like, I uh, would always ask, oh, can we play Life or can we play Payday or can we, um, you know, play whatever. And so that was kind of always there. I think when I got into more modern board games was one of my first summers working at camp. And uh, we had a staff member that was really into Settlers of Catan. And so um, she brought her set, and I think a couple other people had uh, Settlers of Catan. So I played a lot of Catan that summer. And then I was a part of a uh, traveling non-for-profit music team, and we um, we played a lot of Catan there. We um, used uh, some team outing money to buy a set of Catan, and so that's what we would do when we would have spare time. And then we worked with an event director there who really loved modern board games, and he had um, a couple of my favorites. And so uh, whenever we got together with him, uh, he would break those out. And that's kind of how I got started into them. Um, I picked out a few more of my favorites and just kind of snowballed from there. Cool. Um, so what would you say is your favorite board game right now? My all-time favorite is uh, The Resistance, and that's designed by Don, I want to say Erickson, but I don't think that's his last name, uh, published by uh, Indie Boards and Cards. Uh, and that's a social deduction game. You have uh, resistance who are trying to take down a hostile government, and you have spies uh, that have managed to infiltrate their organization. Um, that It incorporates a large number of people, which I love. Um, if you get the game right, it can be a lot of back and forth, a lot of uh, yelling, and um, just a crazy fun environment. Uh, I think... My favorite right now, though, is probably a game called Five Tribes, and that's by Bruno Catala, and it's published by Days of Wonder Games. And in that game is a uh, you have a grid of tiles, and they each have different colored meeples on them representing different uh, tribes and different abilities. And so you pick those meeples up, and it's like a Moncala uh aspect or mechanism and you deposit them on each of the tiles um, and that game is quick to teach but the strategy in it is, is heavy and, and fun and so that's uh, one of the games that I'm really super digging on right now is Five Tribes. That's great. Those are both games that you introduced me to uh, this year. That's right, and they were. So mm -hmm. I never played the resistance until like two weeks ago when we played it with a bunch of our summer staff here. Um, mm -hmm. And so that was super fun. Like definitely one of my higher rated uh, social deduction games. I really, really enjoyed being the spy in that game. I, I didn't mind not being the spy, but man, being the spy in that game is just, oh, it's... Yeah. yeah. In that game, I love when you, get tense moments. Uh, you go on a series of five missions and uh, you need three for either side to win or lose. And sometimes you get to that fifth mission and you have no idea what's going on. Um, and and I love that. And I, I love um, that tension that that game can bring. Oh, yeah. 
Um, hey, so I think we had like a little disconnect there, but that's okay. Um, I wanted to ask you though, uh, so kind of moving on from there, what are like, what are some, who are some of the people that you play games with regularly, or even if you don't play them regularly, like when you see them, you definitely like try to get a game in, uh, when you visit or something like that. Yeah, I uh, have been trying to introduce my dad to games more and more. And so usually when I'm home and uh, we try and get a game night in, um, that's really important. Um, I I mean, I game with uh, you and your wife um, every so often, and uh, you're a great group to game with. Um, a mutual friend and coworker of ours, uh, Alex, uh, love to play games with him. Really, I like to play with games with, anyone that's around, but uh, I know I have about those core group of about three or four people that enjoy playing games. So. For yeah. sure. All right. Um, are there any games uh, coming out or that you like know are on the horizon that you're super excited about playing at some point? Oh, gosh. Uh, all of them. Uh, <laughs> one, of the, right? one, of, one of them um, that I've just I've heard nothing but great things about, and I don't know if I'm ever going to commit to it, would be um, Time Stories. I have heard this game has just been blowing up, and I I have not heard a a terrible or bad thing about it yet, but I know, like, you have to have a set group, and you have to keep going through it, so that's probably one on my radar right now that I really want to play. Um... I think yeah, Mystica is also on my list. I've uh, been hearing that that game is just insanely fun uh, and really good. Uh, I think a, a game that was just republished um, that I'm kind of thinking about getting my hands on would be Coliseum. I've heard great things about that game. So also one I want to check out. Yeah, dude, I, I really love the idea of time stories, but I think one of the things that's hard for me with that and Pandemic Legacy and Seafall and all those games is that I just don't have a very regular board gaming group outside yep. of me and my wife. And, I mean, I've yeah. got a lot of friends here, and we play games and stuff, but, man, we've been super busy with work, so it's hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, this takes, what, 12 to 24 sessions? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so that would take us a year to play that. Like, that would, you know, like 24 sessions yeah. with the same group of people. Yeah, that's a year. Like, at yeah, least. I, so. that's exactly the challenge that I face with those games. They're definitely ones I want to get to the table. Uh, Pandemic Legacy Season 1, uh, I've heard is spectacular. Season 2 is coming out fourth quarter this year, I think. And, I mean, people are uh, really excited about that. So um, it's just if I find the group and the time. So, Yeah, for sure. Well, hey, Kevin, it's been great talking to you this evening. Uh, thanks so much for giving us some time for part in the board games here. Uh, any, like, final things that you want to say before you head it out? I just want to thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Rob, for having me on, and uh, I hope to do some more episodes with you guys. Yeah, for sure. It's going to be fun. All right. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. Hello. Hello there. Hey, how's it going, Mom? It's going great, Rob. How's it going for you? It's going really good. I'm enjoying this series of interviews that I get to do. Excellent. Hey, um, would you go ahead and just tell people a little bit about yourself? 
Sure. I'm Rob's mom. My name is Kathleen <laughs> Snow. I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for a really long time. I've done a lot of different things. I've loved the jobs that I've had through the years, and I've also loved playing board games since I was really little. Yeah, so maybe let's start with that. What are uh, what are some of the games that uh, you know you first played as a kid, and then what are some of the games that have kind of gotten you back into the board game hobby in the last couple of years? Well, my favorite board game as a very little girl was Candyland. And I used to kind of imagine myself in all those wonderful places as I played the game, and I'm looking forward to introducing my granddaughter to it. And then I grew up on the classic games like Monopoly and Scrabble, and I remember Risk being a very deep, strategic, intelligent game when I was a preteen. Then my dad was very much into games that were strategic. So he played a lot of tactical games with his brothers and his brother-in-laws because they were military. And he also loved various sports games. He had a lot of different games that involved football. That was his favorite sport. I remember playing, I think it was called football strategy i think that was just the name of it um and it was like a game where you picked like what play you wanted to run and then you rolled dice and depending on how risky of a play it was you had to get a certain number or higher and then you succeeded in your play and all i can remember from that game is razzle number nine you had to roll an 11 or a 12 but if you did you got 90 (laughs) yards and yeah. so every down, I would just go for that, like, as a seven-year-old boy. Right. And it was like a flea flicker. You had to have 10, 11, and 12. So, yeah. So I grew up with a risk-taking board person, board game person, and then I took a few years off from classic board games to have kids and kind of got back into it as I was introducing you guys to board games. And... Then I took another break from board games when you all were not interested in playing games with your mom and still kept up with the classics. You know, we have a Monopoly game that will never, ever go to the thrift store because on the back of all the $1 bills, I wrote down when we played, who played, and what the scores were. So it's like a little history history in a box. Yeah. Um, And what would you say, Mom, is your favorite board game? So right now, my favorite board game is Carcassonne. And this is a tile-laying game which is completely different from any game I grew up with. Your twin brother, Tom, actually introduced me to it. He asked for it for Christmas a number of years ago, and I searched high and low and ended up buying it online, which was not something I usually did in those days. And I still didn't think it was all that great until he said, hey, you want to play this? And I did it mostly to humor him. And it was so good. And I loved it because no matter how many times you play it, it's different every time. And it is the type of game that 
Like, I taught my 82-year-old aunt to play it in about 10 minutes. I've taught seven-year-olds to play it in about 10 minutes. But when you add in the various different factors and you can make it more simple or more complex, it holds the interest of people who are into more competitive gaming as well as people who just want to spend some time enjoying a board game. Yeah, I love Carcassonne for that reason. It's actually on my blog, which is over at Pardon the Rob. Um, it's one of it was a first game when I did my on board series. Well, I heard that, and I thought that that was a very accurate review. Now, I do have to have a shout out for my most recent new board game that I really enjoy, and that is a two player game called Patchwork. Now, I'm a quilter. So the whole uh, geometric spatial relationship thing works for me, but I don't want anybody to think that patchwork is a game only for people who like to sew because it is much more than that. And um, Dad and I have played it, and Aunt Beth and I have played it, and again, it's the type of thing that you can develop some strategy the more you play. I think the only thing I don't like about it is that it is only for two players. And I like games that are for two players, but I like games that include more people because my motto has always been the more the merrier. So I think you were just talking about patchwork. You cut out just for a second for me. Were you talking about patchwork? I was talking about patchwork. Hey. That's great. And you were talking about it being a two-player game. I've got some good news for you as far as Patchwork goes. The What's same design, The same designer of Patchwork has just released a game called Cottage Garden, which is a similar game of you kind of, instead of building a quilt, you're building your garden, but it is for two to four players. And instead of there being a button currency, it's more about completing your garden with the most amount of points. But it's very, very similar to Patchwork except it goes from being a two-player game to being a two-to-four-player game. So maybe we can pick that up. I think I'm going to have my eyes open to that at Gen Con, for sure. Yeah, and so we're meeting up as a family in two weeks at Gen Con, uh, right in Indianapolis. Uh, Are you excited for that? I am so excited for that. I'm excited on a lot of different levels. I'm excited on a family level. I'm excited because I still work full-time, so it's going to be nice not to be working. And I'm also really excited for the games. Yay! Yeah, yay board games. I agree. And I'm bringing Um, some games for your two-and-a-half-year-old daughter to play with me. Hey, she loves games, which is one of my favorite things. So we'll definitely (laughs) play some games uh, with her that weekend. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited for Gen Con, and I'm super glad that you and Dad are going to be there. Um, And I just love that we're doing this, that we're getting to talk about board games together. Um, It's been super fun. Yeah, thanks for calling. Yeah, thank you. And we'll we'll definitely be talking more about board games as we get closer to Gen Con, and then certainly while we're at Gen Con and afterwards, I am excited to get your opinions on the biggest board game convention in the country uh, after we get to experience that together. I think that's a good idea. And, you know, 
Dad and I were playing a board game when I went into labor with you guys. When we got back, oh, it was still there. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I want to know what game was it that you were playing that night? <laughs> it was an amazing game that we still have called Global Pursuit. And oh, my goodness. A... <laughs> hey, you know what? I just realized it was a smile-laying game. That is the only smile-laying game that I ever played before Carcassonne, but I loved it. <laughs> Trust me, I didn't play too many board games after you and Tom were born that year. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> uh Global Pursuit, yeah, I don't know that I, I saw that game on our desk, like, in, in our, like, collection for so long, but I always thought to myself when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's some, like, some nerdy map game, like, I don't want to play that, and I really hated the game Trivial Pursuit, and so I was like, nope, I'm not playing Global Pursuit, like, if it's anything like Trivial Pursuit, I'm out. <laughs> oh, no, it's much better than that, and it is really pretty fascinating because it is a tile laying game, so... Maybe we'll have to work on that this year. Yeah, maybe. You know, we're going to be back for Christmas. Maybe we'll play it then. Sounds good. All right. Thanks so much, Mom. Have a great night. Okay. Love talking to you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey, everyone. Future Rob here. I thought for some reason that our recording device was not working, and so I called out, I believe, Kevin and my mom on, like, hey, nobody could hear you, but actually everybody could hear them. I just had some issue with my on my side of the recording, so I won't be calling out any further guests if I stop hearing them. I'll just wait until I actually hear the entire clip uh, after we record it before I make any judgments on whether or not they stop talking or not. But I wanted to apologize for that. The further uh, segments tonight in Meet the Friends will hopefully not have any technical issues or fake technical issues that I think are there. Uh, no ghosts in the machine, if, as it were. And I hope that you're enjoying getting to meet everybody. And we've got some more exciting interviews coming up soon. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to Pardon the Board Games. I'm your host, Rob Snow, and my next guest is Eli Sontag. Eli, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm uh, going into my senior year of college at Gustavus Adolphus in St. Peter, Minnesota. And, yeah, I've been working at camp for these, these past, this is my third summer yet. And, yeah, I've known Rob for, well, three summers now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super fun. Um... So tell me a little bit about how you got into board gaming or what got you into board gaming. Yeah, so in high school, or like growing up, it was just like Monopoly, Sorry, the classic games you'd find in a 50-year-old woman's house. <laughs> and then I got to my senior year of high school and I was introduced to Catan and just like fell in love with that. And then it slowly progressed into Munchkin and Bang and then got into other games like Zombicide I'm I, at right now. I remember when you first got to camp and you had this giant like crate of Catan and it was like every Catan game and expansion. I was like, I'm going to be friends with this guy. <laughs> like we are going to get along. That was super cool. Um, so who do you, who do you mostly play games with right now? Like, do you have a gaming group at Gustavus that you play with? Yeah, I have a, a group of friends who have been, like loving to play, like and really interested in playing Zombicide, um, and it's just a 
group of about five or six, plus or minus one here and there. Um, then there's a, a group of friends back at home from high school that get we get together and play some yeah. kind of board game together. Super cool. So, what would you say is your favorite board game right now? Zombie Side for sure. Yeah, and so uh, with Zombie Side, like, how deep into that game are you? Like, do you have a ton of expansions or just a base set, or where are you at with that? I have, I think, either four or five expansions right now. Nice. And did you back the uh, the new Kickstarter for the new version of that? I did. Yeah, I put a quite a bit into that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I. That's something I love about you, because you've like got like everything for Catan, everything for Dominion, <laughs> like everything for Zombie Side, and it's like I don't want to introduce Eli to another game. He's gonna go to the he's gonna end up in the poorhouse because he'll buy everything for it. Like, like I think you only own like five games, but you own everything for yep. those games. Um, how many times would you say that you've played Zombie Side? You know, I'm thinking. I think I've put about sixty hours into it. Like probably maybe like eight of those hours were like just me playing though. <laughs> Some solo time yep. playing the game. <laughs> yeah, um, that's super fun. Uh, so what were uh, like like what kind of you, you got into like Catan and stuff? Um, are there any games now outside of Zombie Side that you like have played this summer that you've played that you're like that you really enjoy also? Yeah, um, Seven Wonders was really good, and then, shoot, there was one that played with Adam that I cannot remember for the life of me, um, but it's a it's a turn-based game with little small blocks that you place. Oh, Blocus? Blocus. Um, it's kind of a medieval-themed game, and you, man, you build up, like, an, enough money in these different colored blocks to, like, purchase an objective, but... Either way, I can't remember what it's called at this point, but... Okay, the next time we have Eli on, he's going to know the name of that game. <laughs> We're going to talk about it with you guys. And if you think you know the name, go ahead and call into the station and let us know. And I'll ask Eli if that sounds right to him. Um, okay, well, super cool. Uh, so we've been playing games now for about, like, three years together. We don't get a ton of time to play because we're super busy at camp all the time. One of the games I really want to play with you is Champions of Midgard hmm. because it's a big game, and I've got two of the expansions for it. Do you think Saturday or Sunday, maybe Sunday, we could play this game? Like, two hours. You got time for it? I, I think that's possible, yeah. Or super late Saturday night after the banquet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that's the plan. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about if Champions of Midgard is a good game. And maybe if Eli is going to spend a lot of money getting everything available <laughs> for that game, too. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here, Eli. Uh, anything you want to say to people before we log off? No, I just appreciate it, Ben. Uh, appreciate the time I've had to chat with you. And Yeah, yeah it. for sure. All right, have a great night. Hey, everyone. We quick found out what game that was, and when I found out what it was, I was like, that's one of my favorite games. we got to talk about it on the podcast. So what game was it, Eli? Uh, Lords of Waterdeep. And what do you like about Lords of Waterdeep? So I like the, the freedom that you have to, like, I mean, do a lot of stuff, but at the same time, if you're cut off from one of your strategies, you have to just instantly change whatever you're doing to... I'll figure out that strategy in the in that turn. Yeah, I I love it because you could be like, if I get to if I get 
a wizard and a soul and two soldiers and the money this turn, then I can turn this quest in, which lets me get this quest. And you can build up this whole system, but then somebody else plays on the wizard and you're like, crap, like, what am I going to do now? And, and like, so you kind of have to have like 10 strategies like in your head for like, well, if this happens, this, and if this happens, that. So I, I really like pre-planning. And I think the first time I played the game, I kind of got frustrated. I was like, none of my plans work. But then I kind of realized, oh, okay, like, I just have to be ready with lots of different plans. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's Lords of Waterdeep. Uh, super fun game. Uh, you can get it pretty much anywhere. It's, like, one of the most popular worker placement games. And I was just telling Eli, dude, if you like Lords of Waterdeep, Champions of Midgard is a very similar game, whereas instead of quest cards, there's different monsters coming to attack the Viking village, uh, and you're building up your your resources to go and fight those monsters and you get points for the monsters instead of the quest. So we're definitely going to play champions of Midgard this weekend because, uh, if you like Lords of Waterdeep, you're going to love this game. Excellent. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to part of the board game. Sorry that it took us a minute to figure that game out. Uh, but we'll see you guys in just a little bit with some more interviews coming up tonight. Thanks so much. And remember, keep gaming friends. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? I'm doing really well. Hey, uh, Charles, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself for us to get started tonight? All right, uh, well, like you said, my name is Charles. Um, I'm a student up here at North Central University. Currently, I'm working at Target just to make ends meet, but hopefully that doesn't last too much longer. Yeah, for sure. so we met what like three or four years ago? How long ago was that? I three and a half. think it was three, three and a half, somewhere on that range. For sure. Um, and so, tell me a little bit, like you know, part in the board games. It's all about board gaming. Tell me, like, what right. kind of got you into board gaming or just playing games in general? Um. Well, I've always kind of like more of the. Like, even as a kid, more of, like, the family games, like, Sorry, Monopoly, Uno, card games like that. Until I started going to, um, I was actually, like, in Boy Scouts. That's when more of, like, the the nerdier games started coming out. Originally, I got hooked on um, Munchkin until played that for probably too many times. And then I started looking into games like that, and then it, that's when it became more of the uh, more of the nerdier games. Put it that yeah, way. like when it when it became kind of like a hobby instead of just something that you did when it was like a rainy day outside. Exactly. Cool. Um, so, how many board games would you say that you have now? Like, what's your collection looking like these days? My collection. I have a whole like dresser's worth of them. <laughs> So it's a lot. <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So, what would you say is like your favorite board game right now? Right now, um, recently I've been getting back into Lords of Waterdeep because I just bought it. So oh, I've been nice. playing that a lot recently. Eli and I were just talking about with Lords of Waterdeep. That's definitely one of my favorite games. Uh, oh yeah, I've been playing Real good. Uh, any, like, new Kickstarters coming through for you recently? Um, I just got Pretending the Grown-Up. 
That's a really nice yeah. game. Nice, quick, easy, but still absolutely hilarious. Oh my gosh, that game's super funny. I got that too. I got to play it today with uh, Maggie and Hannah, and we were just laughing up a storm at some of those cards. Oh yeah, especially when you had the uh, the Unipegasaurus cards. Oh my that gosh, that kind of game is crazy. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a super fun game. And what I love is that you could like teach that game to a five year old; they could figure it out. Exactly. It's just, it, you know, it's a simple game. But the humor on the cards is just hilarious. Like if if you're in that like twenty to thirty five year old range, really anywhere, like everybody I think deals with this. Like, but especially people who are kind of like, am I an adult yet? Like, if you're at that age point, like this game is hilarious. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um. Super fun. Uh. Yeah. I'm I'm excited for that game. I have one more big giant Kickstarter coming like hopefully in the yeah. next couple of weeks. I've got uh it's called uh Massive Darkness, which is kind of it's by the same company that did Zombie Side, uh but it's kind of okay. a it's still a dungeon crawl, but it's not zombies exclusively. There's other bad guys in the uh, buildings. Uh in yeah, I think I, I think I remember saying that one. Never got yeah, around so, to so it though. I'm excited for that one. Um well, Charles, tell me a little bit about your gaming group. Like, who do you play games with and, and you know, who do you try to play games with when you get a chance to? Um, Mainly right now, it there's a, like, the core group is there's myself, my younger brother, and my fiance. Those are, like, the three of us are, like, the people that if I say, let's play some games, those are the people that are most likely to be okay and, like, jump right in. And we have, like, a more of a fringe group where we just kind of, like, if they're over, we know that they'll play games if we ask. But it's not going to be normally something they'll bring up. So when we get to that, it usually hits six or seven people. We had a seven-person game of Eldritch Horror. It took, like, five hours. It was awesome. Oh, my gosh. Dude, I totally want to play Eldritch Horror with you. I still haven't played that game. And I know last time oh, right. I, I bailed so I could go hang out with my family, but we got to get together and play Eldritch Horror again. Oh, or absolutely. for the first time, because I have not played it. Um, right. Yeah, super exciting. Well, hey, man, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Uh, we're going to talk a lot more about games or the, the life of this podcast. Anything that awesome. you wanted to say to the listeners before we kind of wrap up tonight? Uh uh, I don't know. I didn't realize there's going to be a test question at the end. <laughs> Live long and prosper or something. Well, something there you go. Perfect. All right. Thanks so much, Charles. Have a good night. You too. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Hey, everyone. Um, so we've got one of my best friends on the line here, my very best friend. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself really quickly? Hi, I'm Bethany Snow. I'm Robert's wife. All right. And, and uh, also my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, okay. So this has been like fun getting to talk to some other people, but I'm super excited to talk to you about some things. So why don't you start by just telling me a little bit of like 
how you got into board games and maybe like what your history with board games was like before we got married and stuff. Okay. Well, here we go. Um, I guess my first experience with board games wasn't extremely positive uh, because I learned like very strategic games from my dad and he had something that we like to call, um, what do we call it? The Some analysis paralysis. Uh, exactly. Analysis paralysis. And mm-hmm. so I learned that from him and had to like unlearn that when I finally met my husband who played tons of games with me and made it like every game that we play is just like a party and a really good time. And it's a super like bonding experience. And so he's got a gift for that and it makes it so fun to play. And now I love playing games and even learning new games, which learning a new game used to be super stressful to me. And now it's just fun. And so we, we started really, um, I mean, it seems like a new board game is arriving every week and or two, and we bust them open and we invite friends over, and it's a super fun time. Yeah, I I think that's one of my favorite parts of board gaming with you is that it is such a social thing. It's not, like, about winning or going to tournaments or anything like that. It's I mean, definitely... it's nice when you win. It, like, injects a little uh, victory in your life, a little a little extra fun maybe, but well, I mean, winning is nice. That. It is nice. But Let's I, be real about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think what I love about us in board gaming is that it's often a way that we connect to new people in our lives or yeah. people that are already in our lives. So that's super fun for me. Absolutely. Um, so Beth, what would you say right now is your favorite board game? Oh goodness. Should have thought deeper about some of these things before we got started. I really, I mean, I, I have to like put a nod in towards one of my faves, which is Carcassonne. That's just like longstanding. I just love how the pieces fit together. I love how I I do usually win that game. Um, <laughs> I love. Um, how goofy you get when we play, usually like sing a little song without even realizing that you're doing it. That's super funny. It's just, it's a really fun time. And, uh, but I also, a more recent game that was added to our like game cache was, is Lords of Waterdeep. And that one, that one is extremely fun also. And a lot more up in the air about who's going to (laughs) win. Back and forth, back and forth all the time. I feel, I feel like you're saying that, like, I don't ever win Carcassonne, but I've totally <laughs> won at Carcassonne before. It's not, I'm not, listeners, I'm not terrible at Carcassonne. Like, no, no, I do win sometimes. It's a challenge. I don't always win. <laughs> I just feel like I, I win enough that it's like, yeah, I want to play Carcassonne, you know? That's, that's definitely a game that you win more than I win when the two of us are playing. Um, <laughs> That's interesting. There were there's another game that I'm surprised you didn't mention in there because we've played it a ton this year. Um, maybe not quite as much as Lords of Waterdeep, but we've started playing Seven Wonders Duel a lot. Oh yeah, that's another one that we really enjoy. 
That I get a little like analysis that. paralysis on that one though. It's like slightly stressful, as much as it's like super yeah. super fun. Yeah. I also maybe I win that one a little bit more, so maybe that's yeah. why I was like. Yeah. Mhm. So maybe I'm just like attracted to that game, but that's yeah. like, that's definitely another game that we've been playing a lot. I feel like your whatever your strategy is, it seems to be like slightly superior when we play. Like I'm always, it's always close. But I don't. Yeah. Anyway, but that's we need to play that more. Yeah, for sure. Other things like board gaming related for us is we've got Gen Con coming up in two weeks. So that's yeah, exciting. yeah. And uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm I'm hoping that the crowd is not overwhelming for us. Me too. Because I me too. I'm hoping that we can still have fun. There's going to be a lot of people there. And so I'm hoping that it's less of a, like, oh, my gosh, there were so many people. And it's still kind of like, it was so cool. We got to see all these things that we haven't seen or done before. So. Yeah, I hope fun. so, too. I mean, we have a two-year-old, and we're bringing her along, but we're also bringing grandparents along who haven't seen her for a while. So that's going to be really good um, to kind of, like, really enjoy the kid area of Gen Con. I call it Game Con. Sometimes that happens, but you know, that's kind of like the mom side of me coming out, but I still really, I really am excited about it. It's going to be a good time. And um, yeah, we're going to take her to the kid area and I think she's really going to enjoy that. And we're also going to mix it up a little bit for our family vacation surrounding surrounding board game emphasis going to the children's museum going to the zoo and then making it back make our making our way back to our experience i'm I'm excited because there's like on thursday she's going to go to to the largest children's museum which is also in indianapolis and then friday we're going to do the zoo for part of the day and then Saturday and Sunday are going to be more focused on, like, the actual conference for her. But it gives me some time to kind of scout out ahead, like, hey, where's a good place to take kids or not take kids? And we, right. bought, a back- we bought a backpack with a little, like, wrap on it. So not to, like, put our kid on a leash, but just because 80,000 people is, like, a little. In case we lose holding her hand for a second, get bumped yep. or something. Yeah. And we've got a cool zebra stroller that we've had. We didn't buy it specially for this, but I'm excited for that. So, yeah. Yeah, we need it's to get we need to get a costume. That's what we need to do before time before it's time. Well, I mean, we could use a I mean, tiger it, costume. The reviews said kids have a better time if they're in costume, and we have an adorable two year old. Not that we're biased, so <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be okay. We gotta. We gotta I think we should get We should get votes of what we should do. Ooh, yeah. Hey, if you have a vote for what we should try to dress Anna Rose up in, and don't send us a link to, like, a $150 costume, because she's two. Um, But if you have an idea of something cute that we should dress her as for Gen Con, let us know, because I think there's some costume parties for the little kids on, I think Sunday is family day. So let us know either in the comments or you can uh, call into the station and let us know your idea for her. We've got a a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter let us know what a good costume for her at gen con would be um all right well 
Beth, thanks so much. This is funny. Some people might not think that we're calling, but Beth is actually in Portland right now. And so I'm calling her from our house in Minnesota. So Mm -hmm. this has been fun to talk to you a little bit about board games. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything that you wanted to share with our listeners before we kind of wrap this segment up? Um, Yeah, well, I mean, from my own experience, don't be afraid to try new games because you might just find a real treasure out there. So, yeah, keep gaming, friends. (laughs) Perfect. Have a great night, babe. (laughs) You too. Hello. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back, everybody, to Pardon the Board Games. Uh, I've got one of my friends with me here who has been a longtime friend and was instrumental in kind of me transitioning over to modern-day board games. Uh, So why don't you tell everybody about yourself for a minute? Uh, Hi, I'm Jeremy. I live in Baltimore. Uh, Right now I'm working uh, at Johns Hopkins Hospital as a psychometrist. Uh, So basically I administer psychological tests to people and diagnose. And uh, in my spare time, I play a lot of board games, uh, do a lot of other kind of gaming. So uh, that's about it. Cool. Um, so, Jeremy, we met back in college, uh, probably like in like 2008, 2007? Uh, 2006, maybe. Okay. So sometime around then. Um, and we met kind of playing tabletop games. Were you into board games back then, too, or was it mainly just tabletop stuff then? Uh, not so much. I mean, we we played, like, RPGs and stuff, and we got a little into the board game side of things. But, uh, you know, we played some Munchkin and Flux kind of things, but not as heavy as we are into it now. For sure. And so what would you say kind of got you into, like, board gaming or just gaming in general? Uh, well, actually, with board games, uh, it almost happened by accident. So, uh, Ashley, my wife, and I, uh, we used to go to Oticon in Baltimore, and uh, we kind of outgrew it. Just, uh, you know, we were a little into anime, but not quite so much. And one of the last years that we went there, uh, one of the vendors had more modern board games. So we picked up Seven Wonders and Dominion and learned those. So we kind of, uh, you know, continued on that path and now we have more games than we know what to do with so that kind of opened the Uh, door for us just like rough estimate how many board games do you guys think that you own oh i just looked on board game geek at our collection because we keep all that on there and uh according to that we have 266 non-counting expansions that is a crap ton of games. <laughs> yes. <Whoa. laughs> probably about, um, uh, probably like somewhere 30 to 50 of them we haven't played yet. We keep obtaining stuff somehow and not getting around to playing all of it. Okay. So aside from your shame shelf, what would you say <laughs> is like your, like right now, what would you say is your favorite game that, you've been playing recently or maybe like your favorite game of that, you know, you've been playing in the last couple of years. Uh, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say, uh, Castles of Burgundy. We've played that a good bit. And, uh, 
it's just got a lot of variety to it. Uh, scratches a lot of the itches that I like. So, you know, you, it's like dice rolling and you, but you're not really punished for rolling low or poorly. There's always something you can do with the dice. Like uh, you can buy different things to put on your map uh, to kind of make your, uh, I guess you'd call it like princedom or whatever, uh, work a little better. So just does a lot for me. And I like a lot of uh, that game, that designer's games. Uh, Stefan Feld makes that one, but that's probably my favorite of his. Cool. Yeah, it's nice when there's not necessarily a terrible dice roll. Like, it might not be the yeah. best roll for that turn, but it's not like, oh, my game is ruined. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's, uh, you know, there, there's definitely instances where you want, you know, a five, but, it's like, a six isn't the best on a on a six-sided die in that game. Like, it's not like Yahtzee where, you know, you get, like, a one and a two, and, like, that's terrible. You You can definitely want a one at certain points in the game. Right, exactly. Um, okay, so uh, we've talked a little bit about that. What do you? When would you say? Like, do you guys have like a regular board game group? Uh, we do. Uh, we we kind of have multiple. So we we regularly play on uh, Thursday evenings with one group. Uh, it kind of fluctuates between like four to maybe ten people, depending on the week. And then we play uh, on the weekends. We play longer stuff with a more, with a lower player count. Just less people are interested in playing the four to six hour kind of stuff. What what six hour board game? What was the last six hour board game you put on the table, man? Uh, six hours. We well, we haven't done that in a bit. Probably the last uh, really long game like that. Uh, we were trying to play. Uh, what people call the 18xx games. We got what's considered oh, yeah. one of the entry levels of that. Uh, we got 1846. And even for being, you know, what some people consider like the simplest of that series, it's still like that long of a game. I think Ashley sat down with a, uh, with the instruction book for several hours trying to map out exactly how it worked. So <laughs> first game took a long nice. time like that. Nice. I did I did a four hour game of Dark Souls a board game a couple months ago. Um yeah. and quickly realized that that is a game that like unless all four people kn- know it, I am definitely more ready to introduce new players to that game at like a two or maybe maybe a three player count. But trying to teach three people that game at a time, it's quite the slog through it. So Oh yeah, and even even yeah, having, I, you know, three new people in an hour long game can make it take three hours. So yeah, it can definitely cause sure. this slog along. Um, cool. Uh, do you have like a favorite, like quick game? Um, or do you and do you and Ashley ever play like just a game for the two of you, like a favorite two player game maybe? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, aside from, we play dice masters pretty regularly, but that's, uh, you know, you kind of have to have the decks made and all that, so it's it can be quick or long, kind of depending on what you consider part of the game then. Uh, but as far as, like, a quick two-player game, I'd probably say Patchwork. It's, uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you're building a quilt, which sounds 
not as fun to some people as others. It definitely sounds more fun to Ashley than it does to me, but it is a legitimately great game. You kind of have to time out, like, buttons are currency, and time is almost a currency in that game. So you have to kind of weigh your options on it. Yeah, my mom and dad love that game, too. It's a, it's definitely a great two-player game. Uh, oh, yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm excited to uh, play some more of it. I'm excited for Cottage Garden because I don't like I like the option of playing with more players. But yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Baron Park is also kind of similar if you've heard of that one. Yeah, Baron Park's the one that I'm actually excited about. Um, I just yeah. know that Cottage Garden's by the exact same designer, but I'm actually yeah, it's, it's kind of considered the more the higher player count version of Patchwork. Yeah. Um, well, hey, super fun. Uh, I wanted to ask you one more question, not necessarily about board games. But are you still playing RPGs? Do you have an RPG group that you meet with regularly? Uh, not as much recently. Uh, we were, I was involved in maybe four games, like, as of about six months ago, and they kind of all just slowly and quietly died off. So not as much lately. Uh, probably haven't played an RPG in a couple of months now, but... I'm uh, potentially going to get back into it. I'm I'm not sure at the at the current time. For sure. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us tonight, uh, Jeremy. We've got a lot more to talk about in the future here on Board Games, uh, but I've got some other interviews to do. Anything All that right. you wanted to say to our listeners before we wrap up tonight? Uh, yeah. So just uh, you know, keep playing games. Everyone should enjoy the games that they enjoy, even if uh, I'll give you crap about playing Munchkin, but if you like to play it, then keep playing it. Well, I don't know about Munchkin. Like, find, find a better game. If, but. <laughs> if you like it, like it. Whatever. Yeah, and some, some Munchkin games are really good. All right, well, sure. thanks so much, Jeremy. I hope you have a good night, and we'll talk to you again yeah. soon. All right, sounds All right. good. Bye. All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, our next guest, also from Baltimore, Maryland, is here tonight. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Okay. Hi, I'm Ashley. Um, I am a web developer in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I play a lot of games, all sorts of games, RPGs, board games, video games. I'm also a avid crafter. Those are like my two big uh, pillars, I guess. Super cool. I actually have I have a crafting project going on right now. I'm building these little uh, like uh, homes for all my miniatures from the Roman Bones game uh, oh, cool. from Simon. Because like all the different like expansion stuff, it's kind of a pain to carry around like six extra boxes when you want to play the game. And so I found these yeah. cool, like, stackable boxes at Michael's, and I found a tutorial online of, like, how to make some cool foam, like, holders for your little minis. So that's been my, like, mm-hmm. craft slash board game project this Very cool. week, month. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know how it is. It's like, oh, I started yeah, this, uh, oh, man, it's been a long time. <laughs> like, I got to get this done. <laughs> yeah. Um, this year, it will be my craft project. Um, it always takes longer than you expect to. Totally. Um, so w- tell us uh, a little bit about 
how you got into gaming, Ashley, and kind of where you're at now as a board game and tabletop and RPG game player. Okay. Um, so I spent a lot of time in high school playing video games. Um, I couldn't always afford video games. A lot of it came from, like, uh, buying used games from the video store back when they existed. And ROMs, which weren't exactly kosher, but introduced me to a whole range of video games. And then in college, uh, some of my friends I knew in high school dragged me into uh, role-playing games and from there into magic, and it becomes kind of this downhill slope of, like, into uh, games in general. And board games became a thing somewhere kind of towards the tail end of college as a result of that, um, and then Jeremy, uh, my husband, got me a board game for my birthday once. He just picked the top board game of, at the time on the Board Game Geek list. It was Puerto Rico, and from there we had more interest. Like we visited uh, game stores and booths, and ended up growing our collection from there. Um, I think that's kind of super cool. So, uh, what would you say is your favorite board game today, like, or like in the last, you know, a couple months? Hmm. So, I would say my favorite board game overall um, is Argent and Consortium. It's a game by Trade Chambers and uh, publisher Level 99 Games. By the way, a lot of people don't know about Level 99 Games, at least from my anecdotal uh, group of people. Um, because I don't see them in a lot of our local game stores. Um, but they almost always knock it out of the park for me. Like, I love this game. Um, and they make a couple others, like Pixel Tactics and Millennium Blades, which are pretty high up there for me. Uh, but what I like about uh, Arjun the Consortium is it's kind of a it's a worker placement, which is one of my favorite type of games. Um, and it's kind of like a an engine builder. It's like about mages trying to compete to become the chancellor of the a mage university. And there's all these people who are voting on it, faculty members, right? And they have different agendas. So one might really like defensive spells or something. Um, so you would like cater your character uh, to win the votes of these variable faculty members. And that's done through actions. And there's different types of workers that do different things for you. Um, the board setup is variable. So every time you play the game, you have a different board setup, which is cool. And there's variable player powers, which are all pretty well balanced. Um, and those all make replayability huge for me. And there's so much going on, I feel like I can play it a million times and still enjoy it. Yeah, I, I love when a game feels like I know the rules, but I don't know how this game is going to go. Like, you know, when there's yeah. a little bit, it's not predictable and not because, Oh, it's just Yahtzee and I'm going to roll the dice, like, you know, different ways. But like when the game has found a creative way where you still get to be strategic, but the game's going to play differently every single time. And it's, it's not going to feel the same necessarily as the last time you played. Yeah. And not to plug it, but they are on Kickstarter right now with this game. So I'm really excited about that. We've been playing a friend's copy, so we're going to own it finally. Cool. Um, yeah, so you can check that game out on Kickstarter, folks. Uh, so you mentioned Kickstarter. 
Do you have any mm-hmm. Kickstarter games that you're waiting for right now that you're like checking the mailbox each day for? Um, you know, not off the top of my head. It, some of them I Kickstarted so long ago I forget what they are, so I get these pleasantly large boxes at my work once in a while, and I'm like, oh yes. Um, yeah, I can't think of one. The last one I was really looking forward to is actually a Bones mini uh, oh, Kickstarter. Nice. So, um, but not off the top of my head. Sorry. Cool. So, are you still uh, are you still running any RPG games? Yes, I run D and D five E at our local game store every Wednesday night. And do do you like fifth edition? I do. Um, it's not there 100% for me, but what I like about 5e, so a uh, little uh, baggage on that, that, like, I really like one of AD&D's, like, uh, the second edition's uh, settings called Planescape, right? And something right, beautiful yeah. about AD&D at that time was it was, um, there's a lot of story-based content coming out. And then 3.5, it didn't, like, get rid of the story-based stuff, but uh, I think I feel like there was a gear more towards, like, characterizing and customizing characters and things like that. And then 4E simplified the structure, so everything was really balanced and very accessible, um, but became very mechanics-heavy, almost to a point where the story felt um, very mechanical instead of flowing. Um, but what I like about 5e is it's kind of gone back to the roots of 2e, where they have this story base again. And they've simplified some of my favorite character customization bits, like skills and feats, are I'm kind of not 100% happy with. But the rest of it is geared towards um, telling a collaborative story. And that's what really draws me to RPGs. Um, and I find it very inviting. They've done a lot of good things with it. Yeah. yeah. Story in games is such a fun aspect of games. And I mean, with board games or, you know, RPGs, there, there's always going to be games that are just kind of focused around the mechanics or around winning or, or success. But sometimes, man, when you find a game that tells a great story, whether whether it's a board game that has a great story or, you know, if, it, if there's now these legacy games that kind of they're like, hey, like we get it. It's hard to tell a story in an hour and a half. And then just good yeah. RPGs or great DMs. I mean, like, um, like I love when a game tells a good story. And I think, I think that, like, for me is a big draw to a game. If somebody's like, this game, like, is, you feel like you're in the world or you feel like you're part of it. Like, that's a huge draw to me for a game. Um, Same, yes. Like, and maybe that's, like, theme a little bit tied in there. But, like, you know, if... If it feels good, if it feels like I'm not just rolling dice or it feels like I'm not just placing tokens, you know, but that I'm actually mm-hmm. doing something with those, like we're contributing yeah. to some kind of world, that's that's my favorite. Um, There's such a really delicate balance of that, like, bouncing theme of, like, why I'm doing this, like, not just the mechanic and actual mechanics to facilitate the theme, too. Actually, I actually have, like, yeah. this kind of recommendation for that, like, Vlada Shavadal is a uh, board game designer. He has a lot of games that the theme fits so well to the mechanics you're doing that you forget what the mechanics you're doing are called. Like, uh, we played one called Dungeon Cuts last night, 
Um, oh, yeah. It's your pet salesman in the underworld. So, like, your imps and minions running a pet sale, and you're basically <laughs> selling monsters to, uh, you know, buyers. Um, but, like, you have to take care of them. You have to feed them. You have to clean up their poop. You have to, you know, play with them. Like, And everything you're doing is so obvious, like, why you're doing it and the regards that it becomes very intuitive. So you're still doing, like, these worker placement kind of actions um, but or resource management, but you are – it makes sense. It, everything tells the story really well. Yeah. Again, just – Super great. Um, so fun. Now you guys went to Origins this year, right? Yes. Did it, anything that stuck out at Origins that you're like, wow, like I need to have that either that you picked up or something that you're excited to get later this year? Um, well, I saw I was really excited about Baron Park, and we didn't get to play it there because their tables were just full the entire time. Um, but we got to sit down and play it. It's, it's light, but it's um, engaging enough light so we can sit down and like play a game for 20 minutes and be completely satisfied but casual enough to have a conversation so it's a really nice balance there um clank that was the number one thing i went there looking for because uh right before origins it was not in any of the stores i could find the expansion everywhere (laughs) but no base game (laughs) um so they had a wall of it there luckily um good and what is it as good as you hoped that it would be? <laughs> I I really like Clank actually. Um, the whole concept is like how much noise you make going into a dungeon, right? So like if you make too much noise, you draw the the dragon, right? Um, so you're trying right, to sneak yeah. in and be quiet and get treasure and get the best artifacts and then get out before the dragon gets you. Um, so yeah, it's really good. It's got deck building mechanics as well as like moving around and different other mechanics so it's it's really fun yeah i i'm super excited to play that game uh when i get a chance to here um it makes me just the theming of it it makes me feel like uh you know frodo or not frodo uh bilbo baggins sneaking past smog there trying to get some treasure so i'm excited to try it now Um, well hey oh go ahead okay i'm such a sucker for D like dungeon theme things like you can get me down to any board game with that theme at least once <laughs> well and i think i think it's because that like brings up fond memories right you know if we've if we've got good memories of something then you know we're attracted to it and that's for me it's like superheroes like if there are superheroes involved in the game hey i'll try it like i will i love superheroes and it makes me think of my older brother's comic collection and those were really good times in my like younger years and so like yeah you you got a guy in a cape on your box like let's give it a try it might suck but i'll I'll sit down and play that's very true that's fun all right um well hey ashley thanks so much for uh letting me interrupt your evening a little bit tonight I'm sure that we yeah, could fun. talk about board games for a long time. Uh, Easily. <laughs> so we we will have uh, hopefully many, many more chats um, about board games and stuff. But it was great to get to know you a little bit and introduce you to the listeners. And I hope you have a good night. Yeah, you too. Thank you. And enjoy Gen Con. I want to hear all about it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to tell everybody all about Gen Con. <laughs> <laughs> good. All right. Talk to you later, Ashley. 
Yep. Good night. All right. Good night. Hello. Hey, how's it going, Joe? How's it going, Snow? It's going well. Hey, uh, listeners, we had some technical difficulty there on the first round of this one, so we're going to kind of re-record our first couple segments with Joe. Um, so if it sounds like this is really scripted and we know exactly what we're talking about this time around, it's because we've already done this once. Um, so, Joe, tell me a little bit about, like, how you got into board gaming today and, like, you know, where you came from, like, in college to kind of where you are now with board games. Well, currently where I'm in now is uh, continuing to keep up with a gaming, a local gaming group, which actually was uh, by a couple of friends from college that moved to Baltimore about actually six, seven-ish years ago now. Um, and just one of the nights was like, hey, Joe's local. We should invite him to game night. And I'm like, I need to get out of the house, so let's go and do this. And then uh, we ended up playing Seven Wonders for about six hours straight and could not put it down. And then mm. from there, it just moved into a bunch of other games that have been just as addictive and just as fun. Yeah, I love Seven Wonders, man. That's a great game. Like, I just, I love everything about that game. It's And it still holds up today. Like, oh, yeah. for people who are like, old game is old, no, old game is good. Like, Seven Wonders is a great game. Um, But, Joe, you and I met, we met in college, and we yes. spent a lot of time painting miniatures playing some Warhammer 40k together. Um, And uh, the main thing that I remember is just losing to your Grey Knights over and over and over again. Um, (laughs) We were were still (laughs) learning the roles, and and my my army, I think, worked out a lot better for the smaller points that we were able to actually play at. Because uh, I know Definitely the whole with the orcs were just like, hey, I can afford this one vehicle and maybe two squads, or I just have a bunch of guys that can't hit the broad side of the barn, and meanwhile, just Grey Knights dropping in from left and right and obliterating things. Well, you know, I wanted it to be a good story game, and that's why I just had, you know, 200 orcs on foot who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. It made your It made your... <laughs> Made your twelve gray knights look way more epic. Um, yep. But yeah, I are you, you're not still are you still playing Warhammer forty k? You still doing tabletop games like that, or or not so much? No, I've moved away from forty k, but I have moved into other miniature games. Uh, specifically, uh, the probably my favorite game right now being Kingdom Death, where I backed the first Kickstarter when it came out about four years ago, and it did take about three and a half years for it to finally get delivered, but once it did, I was blown away by the miniature components, the actual depth of the game itself, um, and just the replayability of it is off the chart. Um, yeah, and the I mean, super deep game, right? Oh yeah, it's a it's a campaign game for uh, basically plays out over a course of like twenty to twenty five sessions, depending on how many. Uh, how much time you put into it in a single day. But each one of those sessions is called a lantern year, and it goes through three phases of the settlement where you build up uh, your gear and build up additional locations to improve your uh, survivor's equipment and all so that you can go back out and fight bigger and badder monsters. Then the hunt phase where you're actively progressing across this board to 
uh, encounter different events along the way where you could find stumble along and get better gear, or you could accidentally fall off the world, or you come across a cave that could devour you. And then finally getting into the showdown where you actually fight the monster. And because this is a big bad thing that has literally been feasting on humans because humans are the lowest part of the food chain in this world, um, you're, you have the odds kind of stacked against you until you start building up some gear. But cool. the and, uh, and the scenarios are fantastic and really, really plays out well. Great. Um, and so who do you who do you usually board game with, Joe? Do you have like a group that you meet up with like on a weekly basis or Hello? No, you still there? Yeah, I'm definitely still here. Sorry. I, I think it yeah, might have cut out, but we're yeah. back. We're still here. <laughs> um, well, I have a local, uh, like I said at the beginning, was that we I have a local gaming group uh, from a couple of friends that um, met in college and they moved down into Baltimore. And we've just continued to uh, just about every week get together to play more board games, mostly because of the fact that they have an expensive gaming library and also because what's better to do than game with friends? I don't think there's anything better to do than game with friends my favorite thing um that's super fun uh so joe tell me uh, now did you did you back the second wave of the uh oh yeah of the kingdom death kickstarter oh yeah yeah (laughs) if if anybody's familiar with futurama where the episode about the whole i the iphone mocker um mock Oh yeah, coming out in the episode, and it's just Fry going, "Shut up and take my money." That's equivalent of what I did as soon as it popped up on Kickstarter, and yeah, went fully into it because the the creator is he's really down to earth and has a real vision with what he wants to do with his game and all. And it's like there's Games Workshop still comes out with fantastic miniatures, but these things give them a very a good run for their money. Yeah. No, I mean the minis from Kingdom Death are like super high quality. They're they're really good. Like I don't I don't think anybody out there could dispute that those aren't high quality good looking minis. Um mm-hmm. and now Joe, did you go to Origins this year? Yes I did. I actually went there with um Ash and Jared, the two people of our of my local gaming group, uh, along with uh two other buddies from uh college. Uh, Evan and Pat, and we had a blast up there. I was able to even run a full like twelve-hour session of playing Kingdom Death with just random people. Uh, after I set up on a table and basically said, "Hey, always looking for players." Continuous wave of people kept coming over to check the game out, mostly because of the fact that it's such an expensive game, but also such a bulky game that it's hard for just like the everyday gamer or general gamer to really be wanting to invest in something like that. Um, yeah. But anybody that did sit down to the table that they always said that this, they had a blast uh, playing through it. That's so cool, man. That's I love like when board gaming gamers like come together, even if they're from different States from all over the place, like, and can just kind of connect together on a game. Like that's one of my favorite things. And 
I love when I meet like what? new staff or if I've like got new friends and stuff and I see that they have board games like in their house. I'm like, Oh sweet. We're going to be friends. <laughs> yep. Probably one of the funnier things that actually happened at origins was uh, near the end of my long day session of playing kingdom death that one of the random people that came by the table was like, Oh, just, first thing that they said was, oh, you finally brought, you brought the minis this year. That's awesome. And I'm just like, who are you again? And after getting to talk with the guy again, uh, that he was actually somebody that came by the last time, last year at Origins when I brought the game with me, but kept the miniatures at home because I didn't want to uh, pack all that up in an already overly packed car as we drove out to uh, Ohio. And had a long talk with him uh, last year about the game and continued to do so and was just he was really happy to see that came back with it and uh, it was good it's like the little it's just the little things and just absolute surprise to see people remember just remember you after only little details like that yeah that's super cool um, well hey Joe it's been great to get to know you this evening um, we could probably talk about games a whole lot tonight, but we've got Definitely. lots of other episodes to cover that information in. Uh, anything that you want to say to the listeners before we wrap up tonight? Um, keep playing. Always, always try new games. Don't be intimidated by boring box art either. Sometimes that is a gem of a game inside of it. Well, there you go. Hey, thanks so much. Have a good night, Joe, and we'll talk to you later. Have a good one, Snow. All right. Bye. Hey, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pardon the Board Games. We I really enjoyed getting to share my friends with you and letting you get to know them. I know the recording quality wasn't great. I'm working on a new system for recording those conversations that happen over the phone uh, with people who are in other states. Coming up later this week, we're going to have some episodes about the games that we're playing. We're going to have a big Gen Con episode coming during or right after Gen Con. And then I'm going to get a chance to sit down with somebody who's very important to my gaming life and has really impacted why I'm doing all of this gaming, podcasting and writing and kind of taking my hobby to the next level. Uh, And that's going to be my dad. So... Be looking for that in a couple of weeks. We'll have a big episode. He and I just talking about board games and careers and hobbies and loving what you do. I hope that you love what you do. I hope that you're having a good time playing games. And remember, keep gaming, friends.